0: Hello everyone, welcome back to just another F1 podcast here on the Apex Motorsport. My name is Richard Smith and joining me for today's podcast is Ryan Caldwell. Ryan, thank you for joining me once again here on the podcast. We just had the Turkish Grand Prix, so I'm going to throw you on the spot and ask you to describe the race in three words.
1: Wet, uh, tires, strategy.
0: Okay, interesting. That sort of sums up the race fairly well. <laughs> Um, there's been two Turkish Grand Prix in a row, which, well, they haven't. Se- well, I would say we haven't seen slick tires at all in a race. We temporarily did, uh, seen during the weekend, but we will uh, talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we're going to start off right by discussing F One fantasy. It's been a little while since you've been on a podcast, uh, properly to discuss F One fantasy. Um, but as far as I can see, nothing has, has really changed.
1: No, sadly, which is disappointing to say the least.
0: I'm still top, top of the league, um, I, I'll say uh, for anyone who hasn't been listening to other podcasts, we each have three teams in the same league, it's just me v Ryan, I'm currently first, fifth and sixth, and Ryan is third, second, third and fourth, so it sort of balances out, but I am about just under 200 points ahead, but bit less, um, I've got that, a very annoying half point. Uh, them, them points from Spa are really bugging me and everything. I do not like half points. But, Ryan, uh, just very briefly discuss sorry, the points you got um at Turkey and if you're going to make any changes for the next race.
1: Well, realistically, I only have two teams. One of them, well, two of them were supposed to be sort of half-joke teams, but one of them's actually performed far better than I would have expected compared to my, in quotes, good team. Which is my third team, which I created as like my tryhard, which I didn't realize was obviously what you're meant to do the first time you do it. But anyway, so I'll go with my main team, which is now one of my joke teams, Jap Scrap Engine, which has Verstappen, Perez, Gasly, Sonoda, Ocon, and Red Bull as a constructor. With Perez as my turbo driver. So basically, it's everyone that has a Honda engine apart from obviously Ocon. Uh, Ocon did really well for me uh, in the Turkish Grand Prix there, so he managed to score me eleven points. Uh, Verstappen, obviously. You know second uh, 35 points Red Bull with Perez you know Red Bull and Perez pretty much 59 58 points and then Gasly and Alcon picked up points Sonoda give me a minus five which I don't like and then my in quotation marks good team with Bottas Perez Alcon, Norris Gasly and McLaren as a constructor had solid points throughout Bottas 46 Perez 58 Alcon obviously 11 again Norris 18 and Gasly 19 McLaren 25 points so that gave me, which funny enough, both of my two teams scored the exact same amount of points this race week, race weekend with one hundred and seventy seven points. So I, I kind of feel bad for not using my turbo driver this weekend, because if I had had that, not my turbo but my uh, mega driver, if I had that on uh, the likes of Bottas, you know, I would have I would have doubled some insane points. I would probably would have got an extra what, Is it double, isn't it? It's double points. Yes,
0: for the mega driver for for the. Driver, you have your mega driver on. His points is doubled.
1: What 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 happens if you put a mega driver on a turbo driver? Do they even allow you to do that?
0: I don't think you can do that.
1: For if that was the case, I would have got an extra fifty-eight points off Perez. But if I had a stuck it on Bottas for that race, knowing that he would have stayed on pole and actually won the thing, I would have had an extra forty-six points to my name, which would have looked really good with my in quote marks good team.
0: You have closed the gap to me at the top because I didn't have the best scoring weekends. My main team got 139 points, helped primarily by Hamilton and Norris, both scoring 36 points. Um. Then my second team, which is the drivers who who changed teams going into the season, alongside Anne Stroll got 121. Uh, I lost 5 points with Snowda, just like you did, Ryan. Um, but I had Red Bull, which gave me 59 points, which I was quite happy with and then my world champions team which contains Hamilton Alonso Rankin, Vettel and of course Pierre Gasly future world champion Um, they scored 55 points minus 14 points for Vettel as he was my turbo driver slightly disappointed with that and I had Williams as a constructor which meant I only scored one point with them so I didn't have the best of 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 weekends for this Um, but I'm just going to leave the team as it is now for the rest of the season I'm happy enough with it and Hopefully I'll be able to... We'll keep the lead at the top. Um, there's, I think there's about six races left of the season. So, you never know, Ryan. You still have time to catch up. Um, do you think you might be able to achieve that? It depends
1: how I play my Mega Driver strategy, correct? Yep. Uh, you know, I forgot completely to use my first Mega Driver at the first half of the season, so I'm, I missed out on a double points, you know, possibility. Ah, uh, yeah... I, I really messed up with that. But aside from that, I have one more chance to try and catch up. So, fingers crossed.
0: Well, one driver who was on form during the weekend was, of course, Valtteri Bottas, who claimed, well, he claimed pole position, but he finished second qualifying because of Hamilton taking his engine grid penalty. Uh, and Bottas obviously went on to win the Grand Prix itself on National Porridge Day. I think it's the most fitting day uh, we all know his obsession with porridge Um, Ryan, what do you make of Bottas' performance uh, this weekend, do you think it was the classic Bottas of when he really does show up for this weekend, he's unstoppable
1: I think what actually led down to it was he was the front man this weekend so there was no need to obey to Lewis, there was no need to you know stay with Lewis, Bottas normally does quite okay in the rain minus that uh, last Race last year because you know what happened. He just spun, 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 spun. But let's not let like we'll forget about that. We'll forgive him for that. For he had an exceptional race this weekend. Uh, he just did what the, he needed the team to do, do. You know they backed him up and he backed them up. He scored the points. He took the car to the front. Defended off. You know Max. Not that he really had to try too much. But no, he 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 did a solid job. I wouldn't say he's back on top, but he's he's definitely showing his potential now before he he leaves the team at the end of the season
0: it was great to see him also pick up what could be his last victory in formula one could be his last time on the podium for all we know um because he is obviously going to alfa romeo next season who traditionally haven't been one of, of the better teams on the grid don't really fight for podiums or race wins that could all change next season we don't know but it reminds me a bit like uh, Vettel in Singapore when he won in one of his final races for Ferrari. This didn't feel like it was the the final race or race victory or final time in the podium for Bottas, but when how glad were you to see him sort of be rewarded because he's been a fantastic team player for for Mercedes since since he joined since he replaced uh, Rosberg going into the twenty seventeen season we you, you happy to see him on there as a sort of a, well, you've, you've done all this work for us, we're going to give you the final few moments on the podium, or final few races to, to enjoy it, and you've earned it with another race victory?
1: Yeah, I, I, I it's hard to f- figure this one out because of the points deficit between, you know, Max and Lewis, you know, there's that tension going on, so he probably will just end up getting shoved straight back now that he can't Oh, he probably won't score the big main points for his own, his own sake. He'll he'll probably finish where he's gonna finish in the championship lead. Uh, As for the team on his back, you know, it's it's one of them awkward situations because they they need Lewis to guarantee them this champion to constructors, and they just need Bottas to either sit there in second, third, fourth, wherever he can get the most points out of his awful weekends, which always happens. Never gets the best of luck. I would like to see him, you know, get a wee bit more favourability just before he goes. But obviously, there there has to be something that you know Lewis needs to win this eighth championship. Mercedes needs to win again. But the ball the balls aren't just going to give it away that easy. So Bottas is really just going to have to step it up. I think he'll probably get a good chance coming into the the new Saudi Arabian one, the very controversial track. I think he might get his head down, stuck in. And really take as much out of it as he can get to try and win another race.
0: That's two races in a row which Mercedes have won. Obviously, Bottas won in Turkey and Hamilton in Russia. Obviously, we all know what happened later on in Russia as well. But it wasn't a bad weekend for Red Bull, given they finished second and third. So I think overall, they they still scored more points or or roughly more. And we know for uh, Stappen has regained the lead of, of the championship. Uh, Ryan, do you think these past few races have shown that Mercedes are really up for the fight and they may have been holding something back? and Or do you think Red Bull are just starting to struggle now that the pressure is really building on them, that they are in the title fight and it's been a long time since they've really been in one? Probably 2013 that was the last time they were in a proper title fight?
1: Yeah I th- I'm just going to bring in a little thing that I'm not sure if it was a part of a so-called rumor thing but Helmut Marko has like said that he's he's going to investigate as to why the Mercedes all of a sudden yes. had higher straight line speed or you know more speed throughout certain points in that track where normally they wouldn't especially com- in comparison to last year And showing the you know the difference in speeds throughout the tracks from last year and this year haven't really differed too much, but this year in Turkey has differed quite a bit. So he's wondering, is there something being done with the engine? Have they tuned it up? I don't know. Mercedes has definitely hasn't put full focus on next year. They have obviously been planning to upgrade this year's car to make sure they go out and win the constructors' championship as well as probably the drivers' championship for Lewis Hamilton. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how red bull pull back on that i think there's something they're looking into either the chassis design or they're going to try and see what hondas is with regards to the power unit uh it's hard to tell what's going to happen throughout these last six races but it's definitely going to go right down i think to abu dhabi where it's going to be decided
0: yeah i definitely think it's going to go down to the final race of the season and i think for that, that would be a nice way to to end this current era of Formula One. You know, ranking final race. It's the final time we'll see these sort of style of cars on track, and um, the last time we'll see Honda in Formula One for a while. Although uh, there's something come out the last few days that they will be working closely with Red Bull next year to help them keep you know Red Bull Technologies are taking over the the Honda engine department uh, at. Uh, and a Milton Keynes, so I think uh, the the plan is for Honda to work on next year and then Red Bull to go on their own for the following year. But right, we've seen a Red Bull use a special livery this weekend and hope to sort of say thank you to Honda for their time in Formula One. It it divided a lot of opinions. I I liked it. It wasn't my favorite livery ever. I think there's the it did need the yellow, but. I think it's one that it grew, grew on me across the weekend Ryan do you think it's up there with one of Red Bull's better livery, special livery because they've had a lot or do you think one of the ones they've used for testing is just far superior
1: oh don't get me started on the, the blue and black testing livery they had one year oh I was in pieces over that I was like that I, I want that to be this year's livery please 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 but obviously they stick true to their guns and what they, they like you know they've stuck with the pretty much the same format just slightly different color going from the purple to the to the i guess matte black it is nice and see this weekend i'm not gonna say it wasn't a surprise because we sort of seen it coming with a leak coming from codemasters well it wasn't codemasters themselves but you know the thing was released leaked first through codemasters game for the new 2022 formula one uh i i was like okay I, I like this and then whenever they officially announced it and showed the proper photos i was like oh yeah no i actually do like this can this can this not stay it's like alpha and red bull jammed into the one i was like this is actually a really nice livery why has no one ever thought about doing this but you know obviously keeping the same red bull style but just make it white that car looks so much better in white than i think i've ever seen a car look in my life
0: yeah it was one that grew on me across the weekend and it's now the point where I did like it and it will be weird to see them in the next race go back to their, their normal livery because we're that used to them this weekend driving around to, in a white race car uh, they did break the curse of special liveries because we've known in the past that they haven't always gone too well most notably, notably Mercedes was it 2019 was it either 18 or 19 that the they Grand Prix? yes um, which was a fantastic livery but the race was an absolute disaster for them um, Ryan do, do you think there is this livery curse that any time they put a special livery performances won't be good because you have to remember McLaren ran the golf livery in Monaco it was spectacular and Norris got third
1: yeah, no, that was that was a real surprise. All I can remember is I watched a video on the times uh, Red Bull has changed their liveries. It was one where David Coulthard he took out the basically a similar livery in white. I can't remember what it was for. It was like his last ever race, and he didn't even start the race. I think he got like halfway through the first lap, and the, and the car just shut down on him. So there yeah. must be some sort of curse somewhere, either that the race goes wrong. But Red Bull seemed to have, you know, magically... Made this curse disappear, which is confusing. But McLaren did it first, so they're only second to best.
0: To get back to the actual race now, and probably one of th- well, one of the most I wouldn't say controversial moments, but one of the biggest moments was Hamilton deciding not to pit when the team asked him to. It's a little bit uh, like what happened last time in Russia with Norris and Hamilton both deciding to stay out uh hamilton sort of he, he took the initiative he stayed out uh um, ryan do you think ultimately obviously he did go and, and pit eventually but do you think he should have pitted earlier or do you think his outcome was the best that he would have got in that race
1: i do think that if he had have come in maybe you know seven eight laps earlier he would have had more of a fighting chance but obviously he had severe graining on that that inter-tire because you know it wasn't completely wet and it wasn't completely dry he probably had the most grip out of that tire because the track was starting to dry out a bit and obviously as we've seen what happened last year uh, with Lance Stroh he he, he pitted it might have been a different I think I'm on the right race here I'm not entirely sure but when Lance Stroll he pitted on the enters and went for another set of enters, it was just insane greening. And that was because, obviously, they had created a smooth spot on the tyres with water still being able to be ejected from the outer edges of the of the wheel. So he had essentially a half-slick, half, I guess, half-wet tyre. Had he have went onto a slick... He wouldn't have had no grip at all. Had he put on a new enter, he gets the insane graining where it's just grip, grip, grip and it wears away the rubber so he he has no performance gain out of it at all. I think if they were going to do it, they should have done it a lot earlier when it was still wet. Just to have that, you know, even as I said, 78 laps earlier where it was still sort of quite damp on track with a wee bit of spray coming off. But towards the end of the race, there wasn't too much spray or anything at all coming off the wheels. So if he had to come on that wee bit earlier and done it, it would have been fine. I think it, when when they brought him in was a bad decision. They should have just kept him out at that point because all he had to lose was against Perez, which if they had pitted anyway, which they did, he lost out anyway. I think they should have kept him out and fought for whatever he had at that time.
0: I'm just looking at uh, the tyre sort of guide or the, the end of race tyre and pit stop analysis that Pirelli release and... It's just so funny to look at Vettel's because it's just green the entire screen and there's one single yellow dot where Vettel put it to go on the medium tyres. It was at at a point, I I remember saying um, that at that point I think they should have tried slicks but then when I seen Vettel on track sliding about I knew yes that's the wrong tyre it needs to be intermediates. As you were saying, they're creating a smooth, smooth you know, patch around the tyre and it was almost like a slick inter-hybrid tyre and that's the second year in a row that they, the drivers have done this in, in Turkey. Do you, do you think, Brian, that from this race, given that there's certain drivers, well, one driver who didn't pit the whole the whole race, and that was Esaban Akan, do you think there have been a lot of sort of lessons learned from this that the intermediate tires are actually very durable and if you've got a drying track but it's still a little bit greasy that a well used intermediate tire is the best tire to use going forward
1: yeah you would nearly think that if they know that it could dry up an hour into the race you would nearly while having still a wet weekend you'd nearly think they would have a tire maybe with 10 laps in it you know that it has starting to get a wee bit of a flat not a flat spot but a you know a smooth spot on it they would nearly keep that tire safe and just be alright if we're gonna swap we'll swap onto that make sure we get the heat into it as fast as possible and go from there because obviously the slicks weren't gonna hold the heat as we've seen with Vettel like there was no heat to generate any grip against the water or the, the cool track so it was sort of stuck and had to go for the enters again I think Vettel actually would have had a wee bit more chance if he had stuck on the same set of enters as he did. Just stuck them back on because I'd say he would have had a wee bit more grip than what he had. It's obviously the risk that you run because you don't exactly want to run it right down to the to the wire, which, as as a phrase, a metaphor, is also very true. The wire across the bead of the, across the tread of the tires, uh, you know, it's a difficult one because they know that it has happened before. They should just prepare a wee bit better for scenarios like this.
0: A general sort of theme and sort of quote that's been used across the internet the past few days is risk and reward, and that's really just summing up what this race was, because Helmholtz and Verstappen are the only two drivers that are really battling for the title. I think everyone, going into this race, everyone down to Gasly, which is, is, is in P9 before the race, was still in title contention. I'm not quite sure who still is now, but Realistically, the only people who are going to be challenged for this title is Hamilton Verstappen, with Bottas and Norris. If things really go bad and Hamilton Verstappen crash out every single race, um, but that 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 battle between them two is going to be so intense for the rest of the season. Do you think that you and using them and the other drivers that it's at the point of the season where you're going to have to risk certain decisions, pitting a couple laps earlier to go on the slick tyres on a wet track in order to to go have your best shot at win the championship? Or do you think it'll be very much... But, or uh, Verstappen does what Hamilton does and Hamilton follows what Verstappen does?
1: I think it's going to come down to Mercedes getting scared. I think Mercedes is going to have the strategy all wired up in their head. They're like, right, we'll have e, PGRs and the whole way down to Z... <laughs> where red bull be like we've got one two and three if one doesn't work we try two and if two doesn't work well we're just gonna go back to one and try harder you know they're not feared to to really give this this battle to mercedes mercedes is probably going to look a wee bit more at their analytics especially after last race you know well i suppose this race the turkish grand prix after the disaster master class i guess you could call it for Lewis Hamilton you know he wasn't happy about it where when he came out uh, behind uh, you know in p5 he wasn't happy he you know he knew that the team had messed up in that call that's why I guess he acted so much like a child which everyone keeps saying (laughs) you know the team has all information you know the rain where it's sitting on the track when it'll come in track temperatures You know, they've seen other teams when they've swapped the tyres round, how bad they were grained. They should have taken all this into account and figured this out. So that's why I think coming into these last races, it's really going to be so much. How much can Christian Horner mess with Toto Wolf's head to put pressure on them to make the right decisions every single race? And when they do that, they're going to be under pressure. They're going to slip up. And that's when Red Bull's going to come in, hit them hard and say, right, that's it. You've lost this race. Let's go.
0: I think one thing that really plays advantage to Red Bull is consistency going into next season, because they have the same driver pairing that they can continue on, where Mercedes are already starting to have the plan for Russell to move in and Bottas. Bottas won't, because Bottas is moving to Alfa Romeo, as much as Alfa Romeo are not going to be fighting Mercedes in championship battles, they have links to Ferrari, who are one of the big well, big three, four constructors, that you know, Ferrari should realistically be up there fighting, than they could next season. So, Mercedes have to be careful in what they tell Bottas, and that means probably there's going to be more weight put onto Hamilton in order to develop the car and help the team. And for Hamilton, array right, with the pressure of a championship battle, that might 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 cause him to struggle. Where whereas Red Bull have two drivers that if Verstappen doesn't win the title I don't think anyone's going to be can complain because he was never expected to win this season anyway it was always Hampton it was going to have an easy ride to see if title Red Bull sort of come out of nowhere and brought, brought a fantastic package helped by Honda deciding that they're pulling out of the sport so everything was brought forward a year and there was a risk there for them to do that but as it has worked um so it's definitely going to be exciting the last few races of the season there is only six we've got the, the u.s grand prix the mexican grand prix the brazilian grand prix uh then we have races in qatar saudi arabia and abu dhabi these next three races in the u.s mexico and brazil are three of my favorite races because in the uk they're in the evening and i just love that time to watch to watch formula one they're fantastic circuits um brian how excited are you to see well mainly US and Mexico Brazil because we don't really know too much about Qatar Saudi Arabia and then of course we've got the season finale in Abu Dhabi what what was your thoughts towards the end of the season?
1: Uh, USA I think we're going to see some quite interesting racing going on there you know we've had a few instances there with you know Lando and we've had instances with Max Verstappen that time where he was denied the podium because he just slightly overtook over the line <laughs> before Crossing the finish line, I think it was like two corners before. I remember that. That was funny. Uh, Mexico, I think Perez is going to do something really special, whether it's a podium or definitely, you know, fighting a lot harder. He knows that track. It's his home crowd. He's going to be hyped up. He's probably not going to feel as pressured because he knows he can relax a wee bit in his home race. He, he knows the track. He's been there a lot. He loves that race. But he could also be cursed because we haven't seen many. Home drivers actually win their home Grand Prix, unless you're Lewis Hamilton, of course. But, (laughs) you know, Charles still hasn't won the Monaco Grand Prix, even after being set up perfectly. (laughs) Uh, Brazil, Brazil's a favourite. You know, we've seen quite a few amazing races there. Uh, Definitely one to note was Per Albon getting conjunct by Lewis Hamilton (laughs) again, or spun out. And then I think that was the one... No, I am gonna be wrong there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it in case I'm wrong. Uh, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, both very controversial ones surrounding the, you know the whole human rights aspect of it and Formula One's standing in the world, how they're fighting for equality and how different you know social matters m- matter. And then they go to places like Qatar and Saudi Arabia, which are pure money grabs. So I do find it quite controversial they're doing that. Uh, yeah, uh, Abu Dhabi once again. I think we're just having a Middle East finish at this point. You know they're just going to keep adding more places out in the Middle East until <laughs> we just <laughs> give up. Come on, we need an African Grand Prix. We don't need any more rich people races. We need We need an African Grand Prix. Come on.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be exciting. I think if we can have three, I think the US, Mexico, Brazil rounds that's going to be if Hamilton and Verstappen are neck and neck going into the final three rounds of the season with two tracks that they don't really know that that will set up a perfect finale in Abu Dhabi um but if we look towards next season just a little bit um right do do you think Turkey deserves to have a place on the calendar for next season
1: um i i would say so it's not you know Obviously, this year certain tracks have been shifted about, so we've actually seen quite a few more wet racing than we expected, and then one of them we didn't actually get to see at all. Uh, so yeah, Spa, you need to you need to get moved because uh, yeah, that's not happening. We need it. We need Spa in a bit of a sunshine, not in a bit of a wet season, please. Thank you. Um, but apart from that, I think it. I think we do deserve to see Turkey because Turkey, if it if it's a consistent wet race. They know that they're going for a wet race, which means we can see wet weather performance really take the place. So if they like, if they come to the likes of Silverstone, you know, the following season, they know what to expect on a wet track. You know, especially for anyone that would have been that could have been coming up next season uh, from Formula Two. Obviously, there I don't think there's actually anyone surprisingly, uh, I, not that I know well, of. Obviously, uh, I haven't been kept in the loop yet.
0: Coming coming up from Formula Two for next season. Yeah. Well, there's only one seat left, and that's with... Giovinazzi. Off... Yeah, that's Giovinazzi's seat currently. Yes. It looks like it will be a Formula 2 driver taking the seat if Giovinazzi doesn't keep it. Uh, Oscar Piastri is sort of the fans' favourite for it. Uh, Guan Hu Zhou is, is expected to get the seat. The only problem is he wants a three-year contract, Ooh. and the team don't want to give him that because... Pocher is an alpha young driver who will is pretty much been told you're in a seat the following season. So, um, it's if Jovanazzi doesn't get the seat, it will be a a young driver from Formula Two making the move up.
1: I can definitely see that there will be a few spaces opening up next year as well. I think there'll be another three drivers, possibly you know, taking the step down after next year. Lewis Vettel and fernando alonso i Ooh. think them three will probably be the end of an era next year after kimmy going this year you know i can see it happening
0: that's a bold call that's just one it's a, it's a
1: bold call but i can see it happening or well i right within the next two seasons all of them three will have gone whether it's lewis hamilton after two years sebastian vettel next year Or Fernando Alonso in two years' time, they will eventually go to make way for the younger drivers. So essentially, what I'm saying is Mercedes is going to be George's team within a year or two.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Wren, should we move on to some predictions now? Um, Apart from my
1: prediction I just made.
0: (laughs) Yeah, some more, well, some more current predictions for the US Grand Prix in Austin. If it goes ahead, these final six races. I don't know if they'll all go ahead at the moment. They are, but obviously with restrictions around the world, they they could change. them. just before we go into predictions, Ryan, I just want to get your thoughts on this. It's it's not to do with Formula One. It's to do with motorbikes. And Valentino Rossi has said that it's a great shame for Johnny Ray not to get a proper shot in MotoGP.
1: Seriously. Yep. Was he denied sort of any sort of you
0: know? Well, I think I'm, it's, entry? It's an article I'm reading that uh, Valentino Rossi think has said that Jonathan Ray is good enough to be a very strong rider in MotoGP.
1: Well, of course he is. He's pretty much the Lewis Hamilton of World Superbike, which equivalents to like at least podium places in MotoGP, I'd say. You know, he's not fast around a track for no reason.
0: No, he is very, very quick. He is struggling a little bit this season. Um, uh uh, well, I think it's more down to the bike than the than himself. Yeah, he, he has had a few crashes, Uh, he's come off the bike a few times, but he's also picked up a few wins, so he's still in the title battle, and let's all hope it goes Johnny's way, because we do love supporting the Northern Irish um, athletes, Northern and yes, uh, anyone from Northern Ireland that has any connection to motorsport, we always want them to do the best, rent it, uh, well, the predictions for the last race, it was done by Craig, um, so you can take out any frustration you have with him. Why oh, uh, no. scored a grand total of zero points. So that's... Oh, um,
1: so we've so I've, I've only zero to beat.
0: Yeah, and I just need to double check this because up until the wildcard prediction, you has got zero as well. Uh, Nice. Craig Craig's wildcard prediction was uh, Mazepin to finish within 20 seconds of um, Schumacher
1: which obviously did not happen
0: <laughs> Well, I'm just going to double check that um, I have to scroll way back on Formula 1's twitter in order to define that so far back they put some amount of, of tweets out every single day
1: I wonder if I can find it here Ah, oh, they just
0: say one that day. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. do. Okay, that will be one that I'll put a a star beside. That can <laughs> that I will find out the correct answer for that. Um, I'm sure if I watch the the race um, again. Uh, but Ryan, we'll start off your prediction. Uh, well, pole position for the U.S. Grand Prix.
1: Um, pole position. I think this is actually gonna go to Max for stopping.
0: Okay. Uh, any particular reason for that?
1: I just feel that the last time we were, you know, at the at the USA Grand Prix or I don't know whatever you want to call it, it was twenty nineteen because obviously we didn't have one last year due to COVID. Max finished third behind Valtteri and Lewis. Now we know that the Mercedes was really quick. But at the same time, he was only five seconds off. So, you know, you know, you know, you know, so I think Max is going to bring something special. And I think Red Bull is probably going to be more suited to this track this weekend. I don't know why. I just feel that they're going to have a wee bit more low down speed going around the long, sweepy corners. That, I, I, honestly, when the cameras go past it, that first turn one. Low speed corner, straight down into the S's. and then you take a long, long left hander. I think, I think the rebels are going to be really mighty this weekend. I really do.
0: Okay, I'm going to go for Lewis Hamilton. I'm going to do the opposite of you for um, for pole position. I'm sorry, I... Craig. <laughs> You're uh, top three in the race.
1: Top three in the race. Oh, right, 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 right. So. Actually, no, I'm going to stick with it. I think Max is going to win. Okay. Max is going to win. Depending on how his form is in qualifying, I think Valtteri Bottas will come second.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: And I'm going to go really bold here. This isn't for points, this is just being bold. I think... mm, Oh, Can I put two in the third place, just in case?
0: No, one.
1: Damn. Um, I'm drawn between another Red Bull or a McLaren of Lando Norris.
0: Why not just go for Charles Leclerc?
1: Nah, I don't think he's the Ferrari power this year.
0: So choose one.
1: Uh, Or do I just play it plain boring and go verbot ham?
0: It's up to you. There's a title on the line. You have a little bit of a points gap. I'm not quite sure exactly. I think you have about five or six points in the lead, so you can. You, Each you one's can worth a, a point, isn't it? Yes, and it has to be the correct order.
1: All right, it's good. I'll just stick in... Uh, uh, watch, I'll say Lando Norris, but watch it be Daniel Ricciardo.
0: That's not helping me at all. Which one are you choosing?
1: Right, right, I'll just stick Lando, then. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for um, Hamlin to win, Norris second, Perez third.
1: Okay, so I'm not totally out of it.
0: No, uh, fastest lap.
1: Uh, fastest lap. Valtteri uh, does.
0: Okay, I've gone for Norris, and your wild card prediction.
1: My wild card prediction. Um, oh, uh, oh, 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 ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, see, there isn't very much information to go off of. So, I'm gonna say, how bold are you gonna make me go here?
0: Well, I'll tell you mine first, then. I've went for Sonoda Top 8.
1: Okay, that is quite bold. Um... Okay, 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 okay. Nicholas Latifi.
0: Okay.
1: I don't know if I wanna gamble too much.
0: You you can take the risk.
1: Like I want to say top ten, but I I want to say top twelve.
0: Okay, we'll, I we'll, just think we'll go top eleven. We'll go top eleven. Meet
1: me in the middle, top yeah. eleven. Wow, top
0: eleven. Yeah, and we can argue that the toss at the end of the season, like <laughs> many other of the predictions. There's about eight points up for contention at the moment, so that'd what, be quite just, interesting. Just
1: based off of what?
0: Of um, a couple of like borderline, uh, sort of is that correct is it not correct especially the wild cards um so yeah Ryan. any final thoughts um about the turkish grand prix before we end this podcast um
1: i definitely think uh i definitely think mercedes need to sort themselves out before they get destroyed
0: okay um so that is going to bring this podcast to a close this podcast is of course available on all your usual platforms hence the reason you're listening to this um but all future podcasts will be uploaded youtube spotify apple Podcasts, google podcast uh you can just even ask you know, your amazon alexa hopefully mouse doesn't turn on doesn't good uh just ask to play just another one podcast and it should play i think you can do that with all our smart devices as well it's quite cool to, uh to hear that uh, this is, I think, episode 23 or 24, so we're, we're almost at uh, the quarter of a century mark, which is is quite cool. But yeah, Ryan, uh, thank you for joining me again for this one. Uh, and, well, your traditional uh, final words before we end the podcast?
1: Mazospin spin is no spin.
0: Interesting. that I think that's the first time you said he's not going to spin. He did have a few at the weekend. But yeah, uh, yeah, like I said, Ryan, thank you for joining me, and thank you to everyone listening. Uh, you can check out all our links in the description below, and we we'll hope you join us all uh, next time for the American, or United States Grand Prix, I should say. So yeah, thank you all so much for listening, and who was you join us all next time. Goodbye.